The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. After the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, He is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts always be acceptable in thy sight. For thou art our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Well, it's so wonderful to see so many people here. How many, I'm just curious, is this your first great vigil of Easter? Well, fair number. Very good. What do you think so far? It's like the mega church service, isn't it? Not like a mega church, but like a mega service, right? (laughs) Although we do have smoke, you know, we might share that. (laughs) Well, we began the most holy triduum, which means the holy three days, 
the eve of Monday Thursday, this past Thursday during Holy Week, and we looked at Jesus the servant or Jesus the slave. Remember, Jesus got down and he washed the feet of his disciples before they ate the Passover meal together, even Judas Iscariot. He freely chose to take on the role of a slave for our sake. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, St. Paul writes that he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. On Good Friday, we saw Jesus in the role of the Passover lamb, like the lamb that was slain and eaten, whose blood signed and sealed the children of Abraham, so Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb who was slain, who nourishes us and signs and seals us, marking us as God's own forever, as we said during the baptismal service. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, St. Paul again writes, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Tonight, in this great vigil of Easter, we focus on another identity of Jesus. Jesus the victor. Jesus the conqueror. Again, St. Paul writes to the church in Philippi, chapter 2, verse 9, God has highly exalted Him, that is Jesus, and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, that at His name every knee shall bow. Our Gospel passage tonight tells us that in the midst of an earthquake, an angel descended from heaven and rolled away the stone. Jesus is alive, dear friends, and His resurrection makes all the difference. Look with me again at the Gospel. If you have your Bibles or your inserts, I guess they're bulletins tonight, Look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 5 and 6. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. In the vigil portion of the service, we hear why Jesus dies. And we hear why the resurrection changes everything. From Genesis, that great story of God's creation of the world and making mankind in His image, giving Him dominion over the earth, to the reading from Exodus, where we heard how God delivered His chosen people after the first Passover, saving them through the waters of the Red Sea. On to the prophets in Ezekiel chapter 36, we heard God's promise to sprinkle His people clean and to put in them a new heart. Tonight's liturgy is the grandest of them all because the story is the grandest of them all. In this story, the God of history, who we proclaimed at the beginning of the service, rules all ages past, present, and future. 
the Alpha and the Omega. That very God of His love created mankind in His image. But in rebellion, all creation fell and became enslaved to the world, the flesh and the devil. And the human race is enslaved by the devil under the chains of sin and death before Christ's coming. But tonight, on the eve of Easter, we remember that we enter into an eternal moment just as important as the eternal moment of Christ dying on the cross or the eternal moment of creation itself. Tonight we gather together, as our prayer book says, dearly beloved, those loved by God, into that very moment that Jesus, having been dead since 3 o'clock yesterday, now comes back to life. And not just that, Jesus brings life with Him. Jesus, the willing servant and lamb of Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, is brought back by God as the great victor. Today's Gospel shows us that Jesus was raised from the dead and He speaks with the women who went to the tomb, telling them to go and tell the disciples. The eternal moment changed everything for all creation. That earthquake, the beginning of the new creation, where Christ comes back, the first of the first fruits, and frees all that who were locked in sin, all who had been stuck in slavery. The cosmic battle, dear friends, has been won. The servant and the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is now the victor. Now, what does that mean to each of us individually? Well, everything. Everything. It means that everything and everybody who was held in captivity beginning with the dead, have been freed. Tonight is the night that as St. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, chapter 4, verse 9, when He, that is Jesus, ascended on high, He led a host of captives, and He gave gifts to men. In saying He ascended, what does it mean but that He also descended into the lower regions of the earth? Or as St. Peter the Apostle writes his, in his epistle to the church at large, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which He went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey. When God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. It means everything for those people. And it means everything for us, too. Without the resurrection, we have nothing. Without the resurrection, you have nothing, dear friends. Yes, here we are, in that very eternal moment in that ancient baptismal creed that we just recited 
joining with first century Christians. As St. Paul explains, as all baptized, it's our story as well. That Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. Here we are, right in the middle of the creed, celebrating those lines. St. Paul explains to us and in his letter to the Church of Rome that it's baptism that unites us to Christ Jesus in death and resurrection. Look at Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4, which was our epistle reading, and you'll see this. And what that means is that the sacrament of baptism is the ordinary way that God has chosen to take us to be part of himself and the church. I'll read it to you just to refresh all of us. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What this means, dear friends, is that the sacrament of baptism is that way that God has made for us to partake in himself and his kingdom. That in it, we're baptized into Jesus' death, walking with him through Good Friday and the crucifixion. It means that when we're baptized, we're given the merit of the Lamb's death upon the cross. So that as individuals who have been baptized, now we've been washed clean by His blood, by the blood of the cross. But it also means that in baptism, we're buried with Christ. This morning was Holy Saturday, where we commemorate Christ being sealed in the tomb. And it's not very fun to be sealed in a tomb or a grave, right? I'm sure most of us have seen some version of the Christmas carol where Ebenezer Scrooge looks down at the grave. Dear friends, what's our apostle saying here? That in Christ, we've, in Christ, in our baptism, we've not just died with Christ, but that we've been buried with Him. But this is a good burial, believe it or not. For in being buried with Him, He puts to death our old nature. He puts to death our old sinfulness so that we might be free from that. Now, it's true that we live the rest of our lives fighting against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And the flesh is that old nature. And yet it has been crucified. It has been buried with Christ. And thank God... The Apostle goes on. Look again at our epistle, but this time verses 5 through 8. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, 
so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Do you see the goodness of that burial? For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with Him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. I added verse 9 in there for you. Baptism makes Christ's death and His victory of resurrection our spiritual death and our spiritual resurrection. In baptism, the story of Exodus, of God's chosen people coming through the waters of the Red Sea is made not just a Hebrew story, but your story, dear friends. In baptism, God's prophecy to Israel through Ezekiel 36 to sprinkle us clean and to give us new hearts makes it a story not just for the Jews, but for you, dear Christian friends. In baptism, the merits of Christ's death and resurrection is not just a story in history, but it's your story, dear Christian friends. As St. Paul writes in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ. What better time to celebrate a baptism than when Jesus, the servant, the Passover lamb, comes forth from the tomb as the victor. His victory has freed captives, restored His dominion and ours, and made a way for each of us to have those things and more, for we have a share in Him and His kingdom. For in baptism, forgiveness of sins and new life and eternal life after our earthly death is offered to all individuals. This is the good news of Easter. This is God's story, but in holy baptism it is ours as well. And so we are to live it as new creatures, as new new creations, as those who consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus, as the Roman, Romans passage ends, we are to live as new creations. Dear friends, if you have not been baptized or want to know more about Jesus' death and resurrection, talk to me or talk to any one of these people up here. We're happy to share the good news of the gospel and what Jesus means to us with you. We're happy to embrace you to be part of the Easter people through holy baptism. And if you've already been baptized, remember that reality of of St. Paul's words applies to you. That you, dear Christian, are a new creation. You might still struggle with things in your old nature, 
but He promises to free you from them. Don't give up on your sanctification. Continually ask for His new life and for His Holy Spirit to renew you and to feed you and to, and to restore you until your day of glory where Christ's fullness of His resurrection will be applied to you and death will not be the end of your story either. Alleluia! Jesus is the victor and we share in His victory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.